It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody, Patrick Connor here, and welcome to the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. All right, we had to have a return guest because our guest from last time, Lily Ulua of Shikana Boxing, she got, man, he got hosed. It it wasn't fair. We all got hosed. It wasn't wasn't fair that that last card got postponed, you know, between Clarissa Shields and, uh, look, dude, it, it sucks. So we just had to have you back. So we appreciate you coming back, but also we had to have our boy Eris Eris Pina, CompuBox operator back. We're all back together. The gang's back. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. great. Glad to have you back, Lily. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of boxing this weekend, obviously. We were kind of had like a few weeks of drought. There was, uh, I mean, it, it just happened. And then the way that it happened a couple weeks ago, too, with the uh, Queen's death, and then everything got thrown to shit. Yeah, I mean, we could literally spend a lot of time rolling our eyes about that shit for real. But and like slag the lady after she's dead. But the way that that canceled everything was some bullshit for sure. And the way that everything got thrown into upheaval was was whack, dude. We we had a good preview. We gave a good preview, and that shit got absolutely thrown upward. But we're back. Do you guys think that's gonna change? Who well does that change who you initially picked? I know you you said you don't remember, but. Do you think it will have an effect on the fighters that they canceled it? Good or bad? You know, all right. So I was thinking about this. I don't even know if I brought this up to Pat or not. But so the closest thing I can remember something similar in this regard happening would be, um, well, it was about a month ago we celebrated his 21st anniversary, which was Hopkins Trinidad. So you remember what Hopkins Trinidad when 9-11 happened. Um, the fight was originally supposed to happen um, – what what like nine thirteen Pat or something like that like that weekend I believe yeah right. it was whatever that weekend was it was like the sixteenth or some shit mm-hmm. yeah so when the obviously the tragedy with the Trin Towers everything all that happening going down they obviously postponed the fight and with that I was happening eight when that happened so I'm like God oh, I don't remember that <laughs> wow no shit um so you go back and like you think um, Hopkins just went back to Philadelphia. I think it was because he was just basically that close. He just went home. Tito, who's from Puerto Rico, I think he stood in New York, which is, you know, very similar over there. I mean, not similar. I mean, very familiar territory from over there. But there was a lot of chaos, everything like that. By the time the fight eventually took place, you could tell there was a difference in between who was more fresh and who was a little frazzled and the the result is such. Um, That being said, I don't know if that would happen the same way over here, but you must, you know, you have to take into account all of these ladies were at their absolute peaks in terms of their mental, their physical, everything. They were ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, imagine, you know, the weight cuts that they had to do, the sacrifices they had to make, the the the, the game plans that they had to encounter, all the, finally, when they're coming to the press conferences, the bickering back and forth, when, you know, we were talking about, oh, you want to shake my hand? That bullshit yeah. they were doing before, like, you know, 
it was all kind of come to a head and then literally having it like what was it the the queen died two days before the card happened or something and that's just you know that's the most gut-punching thing that's really just taking all the air out of you so my favorite thing that came out of that is just that exchange with alicia and michaela when alicia told michaela have fun making weight again that's and right. She's like, I'm pumping a broke bitch again. I'm like, <laughs> or, or like just sorry, man. You know, and they've and they've been keeping it up. And for women's boxing, this is like huge. It's still mm-hmm. the interest for this fight's even more so. But I wonder now, you know, especially for the competitors that are from America, because I I don't assume that they stood in the UK. I think they went back home, like uh, Mayor and Baumgartner or such, and um, and Shields. And then you know they have to come back. They I think Clarissa stayed there. Do you? Yeah, oh, I'm not. Like, I, I'm I not going to readjust to the time. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's a crazy time jump. Yeah. I don't know what ever, about everybody else, but I'm pretty sure she stayed there. Okay. Well, that would make more uh, make more sense because her opponent's from the UK and she doesn't have to acclimate to anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm just going to be curious to see if, um, if they're going to be able to bring themselves back to that peak again, because it's tough. And when things get canceled and you have to build yourself back to, to, to the peak that you were, and now you have to do it in only like a few weeks time. It's, it's a lot of chaos. So, yeah. You know, you know I think that the, the weight making that's, that's kind of, yes. I think what throws, throws it off the most, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, there's going to be a lot of jet lag if they're going back and forth for sure. That's kind of fucked up, but the weight making though because they didn't even remember they didn't even call it off until it was like an hour before the weigh-in or some shit remember they waited like a day like they were still on that was what was fucked up was that they were still going and then all of a sudden they were like at the weigh-in and they're like hold on we're kind of getting word here and then they called it off so you know i mean it was bullshit like they kept on pushing the time and time and other stuff and like they didn't you know everything was up in the air this was such a big event and I'm sure you both agree with me here. Like when they still put on cricket and some other goofy ass sports that still, you know, were able to continue when something that was invested with all the money that was made for this fight and all the people involved and everything with television and all that, then you decide to cut at the last second. I mean, no one was complaining at least. Obviously, yeah. They took it way more great. Everybody involved took it way more gracefully than I, than I thought they would have. And then yeah. I would have. But I said they did I would have been like, public. I thought Clarissa was going to pop off. Like, I thought Clarissa was going to yeah. say, I would have been you like, know, I would have been see like, what Clarissa, fuck all of you. how she is. So I was like, oh, she's about totally. to go off and I'm here for it. But now she's like, oh, rest in peace. I'm like, yeah, I was I'm like, like, I'm like, like oh, so now the PR person gets her phone. Yeah, I was hoping she would. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would have been a dick about it. I mean, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I would have been a dick about it because, I mean, that sucks, dude. And that doesn't make any fucking sense to close everything down the way that they did. I mean, and not even just for the fights or whatever, but everything. Like, they were like, fucking, you can't park your bike places, bro. Like, get the fuck out of here. Come on now. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. But since we're already talking about it, um, you know, that's that's the card that got postponed. That's happening this weekend again. Um, and I mean, you know, between Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, there's already some bad blood there, like we talked about in the previous, uh, in the previous preview or some history, I should say, I don't know if the bad blood's really, it's kind of just sniping at one another, really. But um, we talked about this previously, Savannah Marshall has an amateur win over Clarissa Shields, and she's the last person to have defeated Clarissa Shields. And that was I guess, news and, and whatever. And Clarissa is kind of seizing on that narrative and saying, hey, dude, that's all you got. Like, that's all you're talking about. That's all your pro career has been. 
she's the last person to beat Clarissa Shields. And that tells you where we are or whatever, you know, that I'm Clarissa Shields and you're the last person to beat me. And that's all you are. And so obviously now though, they're going to be fighting for the undisputed middleweight championship. So it does mean something. It, it does have some meaning beyond their uh, bad blood or history or whatever. So Lily, I mean, uh, we talked about this last time, but has anything changed for you? Do you think like anything's changed since last time? Um, no, I actually think for Clarissa's better. Like she was, you could tell that she's been anticipating fighting uh, Marshall. She was the one going over there to the UK to sit ringside for, for Marshall's fights. And I feel like she, she's just like ready. And I think she's still going to win. I, and I want it to be like, a clinic, kind of how it was with um, Hammer, right? Christina Hammer, yeah. right? Like, because Christina Hammer is pretty good, but Clarissa just toyed with her. And I, I would love that to be the case with this. And I know you mentioned that um, Marshall's power, but I think, you know, even though Clarissa has been down before by Hannah Gabriels, I think she has a decent chin on her. And I think she's going to, you know, the going to the MMA, I think that helped with like punch resistance too. And I think she'll be fine. I think she's going to win. I just want it to be like, I want her to embarrass Savannah Marshall over there in the UK. That'd be, that'd be the best outcome for me. As for Alicia and Michaela, I don't know. That fight's like 50-50, maybe 65-45. I'm going to lean towards Michaela just because I feel like she's been, you know, she, she has that win. She unified. So I think I'm going to go with her, but I don't really have like a preference. I just want it to be good. And I know, I think given how they trash talk each other, it should, it should be good. You know what I was thinking about? And I, I didn't even realize this till the other day. And I just thought, I just got a chuckle out of it though. Cause like I was looking at Clarissa Shields, uh, like on box rack, I was looking at her record. And so go back a handful of fights and go back two fights and Marie Dickery, you know, the, the young lady that she earned a decision over last year, she's going to be fighting Natasha Jonas uh, for, you know, the unified junior middleweight championship uh, in a couple of weeks. And they're making a big deal out of that. And I was kind of just like, you know, the, I don't, I'm not trying to become like a massive Clarissa Shields fan or anything like that, but you know, they're talking Dickery up. And then she gets basically whitewashed by Clarissa Shields. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to now they're going to be doing the unified championship. And they're like, woo, 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 you know, like that didn't even happen or something. And so, I mean, it, it does seem to kind of be a little bit of a difference in terms of how things are getting covered and how things are being reported. And the fact that also uh, Clarissa Shields isn't really be being embraced all that much in the U.S. And maybe that's kind of, you know, Eris having having to do with why she's going over there to the UK and why she's kind of, uh, even though the reaction has been similar, like, God, what's her problem and stuff like that. Why is she getting in Savannah Marshall's face? At the very least they're paying attention, you know? Totally, man. Clarissa Shields, um, from the very beginning of her pro career, she's always been the type of person that's always been fighting for what she felt, what she's felt as, um, injustice in terms of the respect that she's has, that she hasn't gotten. And, um, respect for women's boxing in general. And like we discussed in the last show, women's boxing has grown leaps and bounds from where it's gone from the very beginnings of it to where it happened in the 90s with like basically the crash television era and how women were exploited, not just in boxing, but in every sport in general and how everything was portrayed. And um, over the years now with, um, in all sports now, especially with boxing, how 
the skill level has evolved so much and how these women have evolved and now these competitive fights have been able to come on the Olympics that you add all these different things that have happened. It's, it's pretty awesome. So all that being said, Clarissa Shields was one of the pioneers though, from this, from this onset, she was the first one when, um, when the Olympic, when Olympic boxing, um, had women involved for the first time, she was the star from the U S team of that. There was only how many divisions at that point, it was only a handful. And she becomes the first like two time Olympic gold medalist already though, you can see you can see why she's feeling ingested and pissed off because every time when people talk about you know when the media was talking about olympic boxing what were they always saying oh we haven't had an olympic champion since oh, yeah. ward. they're still well, they, saying that they're still like, saying that. andre ward yes. just the other day corrected joe tessator like a week ago on that broadcast where he was like andre you're the last olympic gold medalist for the u.s and he goes for the men and i yeah. was like jesus you know, and that, that's that's the thing there's still you know with everything that's happening there's still there's still that fighting and that's what clarissa is you know tried to has to fight for and so her attitude though because she's very like, like you said the biting very you know um not afraid to say speak her mind and say for what she believes in uh a lot of the male dominated sport of boxing is not used to that and that type of attitude and we'll want to hear that they're not and, used to it from women because that's what i'm saying that's yeah what I, that's, what I'm that's like exactly. You know, like a lot of them are like that cocky. And of course they get their fair share of hate, right? Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. it was like that and he got hate for it. Um, What's his name? The the one that they call the monster, but Berlanga, right? Like they're the Teofimo. So they do catch, obviously, backlash too. For people are like, oh, you need to get humbled or whatever. But with Clarissa's but like not a with different the type. Yeah. yeah. And also like, like you mentioned, um, People do get, you know, mad at her for, for being snappy, but she has to beg for things that are just formally known to other people. Like Lomachenko, how much so he became champion, like this many fights. And she's like, can y'all just mention me? And then people get mad at her, like, oh, the nerve on this bitch to have to be also named on this. Like, and they always have to true. bring up, they always have to, and this is their main point is that they always have to bring up, well, it's women's boxing. Look at her division. I can, you know, uh, there's a top 10 in the junior lightweight division. There's only 10 people in her entire division in boxing. So she mm -hmm. moved down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she like moved divisions and shit to shut people up and they still yeah. wouldn't shut up, you know? And it's, the skill level is there, man. I don't care how, how thin the roster might be or if it's not as dominated as the male sport. It's still incredible. It's an incredible accomplishment to become a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Do you know how fucking hard that is to do? That's like, in the that's world. Like, yeah, like all the participating countries. Yes, that's an accomplishment that stand on its own. And if she was to retire just on that merit, her name would still be ringing bells more so, um, you know, off of that than most of the women that are still champions today. So yeah, she deserves her flowers, man. And she's still going to fight about that. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of the writers, well, there's a lot of, I'm not going to name them by name on here, but a lot of them on Twitter and other stuff, they've taken, who have followings, I think it's hurt her as well that they've over the years have bashed her and had their followings, of course, jump along tie too when they don't get along. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I know who y'all think like, so with that being said, it is tough for her, but she's at a point now where this is the biggest fight of her career. She has expanded. Like Lily mentioned in the last show, she's moved on to MMA and tried to do other things to like really just bring over, you know, some some kind of respect and also make more money recognition whatever you want to call it everything as a whole and it, it's come to this point this is one of the biggest women's boxing cards i can 
off the top of my head I could ever imagine. And um, they're in the main event of it. And she was willing to go to the backyard of Savannah Marshall to do this. So like, yeah, this is huge. Huge, huge. Yeah. Well, um, all that being said, I still, I'm, I'm sorry. I rambled no, for go. that whole thing and going on some bullshit, but like, I still, I remember the last show, I picked Shields to win. And I still think Shields is going to win this fight. And I don't know how convincing it's going to be. I think it's going to be relatively close. And she's going to have to really, really put an exclamation point on it to, to get a decision in, in Marshall's backyard. But um, that's why I like. And I'm not going to go too much into the Mayor Baumgartner one because we talked so much about it the last one. But Baumgartner is absolutely yoked. I did not notice that until recently. Like, she's jacked. Okay, like... I want her to crush me. <laughs> I mean, so that, that scares me. I don't know, man. Something yeah, about she's that power like... says that, like... Hmm. Oh, she's, yeah. she's developed a lot. Like, I mentioned yeah. it when we did the other the other preview, um, that she actually followed the boxing history count a few years ago. And I, like, I noticed her, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about her or whatever, you know? And she, uh, I remember she had gotten a knee injury a couple years ago and she was talking about how she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to keep boxing. And also on top of that, like if you follow her on social media, kind of similar to Clarissa Shields, like she's, she wears her heart on her sleeve. She's, she tweets some of the randomest shit, you know, like, I mean, whatever I do too, whatever, but, um, but still like, uh, she's, she's definitely very outspoken as well. And she's, developed a lot as a fighter too um she only has 13 fights and she had a like it wasn't a bad loss but she took a loss by split decision a couple of years ago and has bounced back really really nicely and then terry harper who was undefeated at the time yeah. i mean stopped her standing with like a like a scary knockout like you know almost like disconnected the circuits type of shit uh enough that that was definitely eye-opening uh, and caught a lot of attention and then Michaela Mayer has obviously had a lot more money put uh, put into her career and I think that that's part of the narrative the, that pre-fight narrative going in that Alicia Baumgartner has had to maybe work a little bit harder or at least a little bit more undercover than Michaela Mayer has Michaela Mayer has definitely been pushed much harder definitely been had more of a promotional push behind her and so you see that a lot, not just in women's boxing, but in boxing in general. Fighters get resentful and kind of, I don't know if you want to say jealous, but they get pissed because they feel like, well, I had to come up the hard way. You know, here's this motherfucker over here with all this money behind them, and they're not having to do anything for it. Like, what the fuck? And so, I mean, that also can develop a certain attitude that can show in the ring, and that has seemed to show in the last few fights for Alicia Baumgartner. So if she does show up, if that fighter does show up, you know, Michaela Mayer is maybe a little bit more polished, but she better not get hit too much. And like what I think I mentioned the last show too, man, she has a tendency sometimes if she's going to get hit and she's probably going to get in this fight, she doesn't like, she, she will stand and trade to the detriment of her coach and everybody else. She's not afraid to get into a firefight with somebody. Uh, she did it with, um with a, God, what's the name? Hamadouche. Yeah. And that, that was, was a, a fight. Of, that was a hell of a fight. Oh my God. That fight was awesome. And Hamadouche, obviously, no, not a, no discredit to her, but she clearly doesn't have the pop that Baumgartner yeah. had. Mm -hmm. So if Baumgartner and, you know, the, the massive arms of her are able to land one of those bombs, I mean, who knows? You know, it could be very, very interesting. I, we've seen Mayor, I don't think we've seen Mayor actually really hurt. We've seen her kindly, kind of stunned, you know, a little frazzled, but not like actually hurt. So it should be interesting 
um, if she does get her, if Baumgartner is able to really jump on her and, you know, has the finishing touch to be able to do it, or if Mayer is going to be able to have that grit to get in there and, you know, battle back. It, it's a fascinating fight. It's a really fascinating fight. And the fact that it got canceled, we had it made a month, it made it even more salivating for me because of everything involved in it. You know what I mean? Mm. Even though it sucked that it got canceled originally. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm happy that they kept the card, though. I'm happy that they didn't try to, you know, push it back or try to retool it or some shit like or that. Or put it in an undercard somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad. Yeah, that's that's huge. No, it's it's still, uh, like we've said a couple times, women's boxing has really been developing quite a bit. And I mean, that actually kind of is a, is a slight side note here. I noticed that recently there have been uh, a discussion about, like, you know, talking about what the fight of the year could have been and whatnot. Is it, uh, you know, could it be Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano and whatnot? And then the subject has already been brought up. Well, we need a separate women's division for fight of the year now. I'm like, isn't that kind of the opposite of what, of what we we're wanting to do? <laughs> Separate, isn't that, but isn't that a step back? <laughs> you know, I'll I'll say this, Pat. I was I was lucky enough to uh, to uh, to have attended Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano at MSG, and you know, no no bullshit. Like I've been I've been blessed enough to work a lot of fights there and seen a lot of fights there, and that was one of the best atmospheres and best fights I've ever seen at the at the at the garden and a fight like that i guess in my opinion i'm saying just deserves itself for the to stand on its own if it's going to be a fight of the year and you can't and not and not it's very much intention dude yeah and it really much is and like you know that's not to say that that's not to discredit uh fundora lubin or conlin against wood or you know other barn burners that we've had this year on the on the men's boxing side you know what i mean all those fights were incredible but if you're going to put them head to head that yeah, yeah, yeah don't shortchange the men because they've been yeah. the men have been shortchanged for far too long <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> jesus um but i'm just yeah that's all i'm just gonna say like i mean you can't you can't that atmosphere was fucking wild that night and you know what was the best part about it is that there was nobody really beefing. Like, people were arguing, but they were, like, friendly doing it to fans. They weren't, like, trying to actively try to whoop each other's asses like you do at other fights where I've seen at Barclays and at MSG. People were just being cool. You know what I like? I, I saw that people were taking pictures in Irish pubs around the town, and they were like, oh, yes. come here and watch Katie Taylor versus that other bitch or things like that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, you know, the little chalkboards yeah, yeah, yeah. that they have outside. I love that. I'm like, that's so cool. You know, like, here, I, I hate that. You know, like, especially if it's a fight on the zone, like, it's rare that you're going to find anyone who's showing it. Like, it's Mm. so rare. Even with just regular boxing pay-per-view, it's very rare that you can go to a place and watch it. Totally. So when I saw that, like, multiple bars, multiple Irish pubs were, like, repping, um, I thought that was so freaking cool. Like, definitely, they have, like, such, like, the Irish in in New York have such a great boxing culture. That's why uh, Conlon would always fight over there, too. In New totally. York, and, and and that oh my god, I I I want to witness a fight there so bad, so so bad. So hopefully soon I can I can go to a card over there. I just hate flying, so that's a. <laughs> now MS, I mean, I've told Pat about it countless times. <laughs> MSG, for whatever reason, for me personally, is like 
it just has an aura to it. Even if it's not even boxing, you go see a Knicks game or if you go see a concert, whatever it is, just walking into that building, you see that giant it's a classic ceiling. venue. Yeah, the yeah, ceiling is iconic, a, dude. Yeah, it really is. And you just, it just holds a lot of history in there for various things. But boxing is just different, man. Like to witness a fight at MSG is just magic. Even if it's a really shitty card, it's just you're in there, you know? It's the guard. You got it. You have to vote this one. So, yeah, it's it, it just that uh, <clears throat> that's definitely been a boon for women's boxing this year. No question. Uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano putting on such a great card. But then again, you know, this weekend should be at the very least uh, out of the two fights should at least get one interesting one and potentially one action packed one. I'm, I'm hoping anyway. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see what happens. I guess I th- I'm pretty sure last time I picked Clarissa Shields and I'll go with that too. And last time I'm pretty sure I picked, I want to say I picked Michaela Mayer by decision, but, and yeah. I think that I, I, I'm probably going to go with that just because I think that's probably what will happen, but I'm hoping for the other result. We'll have to see. All right. But with all that said, um, let me just bring up this other thing really quick. How are y'all feeling about the queen's belt? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good point. I would have <laughs> forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I had to bring this up. I, I just had to because um, the WBC is at it again. You know, and, and I have something to tell you guys because yes. I, I don't know if you guys remember McIntosh Ross was like saying that he wanted people to pitch the stories at him. And I'm okay. like, hey, like I would love to do one on like the WBC, right? So the WBC website, when they created this belt, I, I was going to post it on Twitter, but I've been so busy with work, I forgot. I asked him like, hey, like um, how are the, for the, Belt that they gave Triple G Canelo. It was like another commemorative belt for like indigenous people in Mexico. I forgot which group they picked this time. But I'm like, hey, I'm like, I would love more information on how you compensate the communities uh, that make you these belts or that they, these belts yeah, are inspired. So it's not just exploitation. Yeah, Absolutely. and they, they replied to me and they said, well, we paid, well, they don't have any fees. These are not sanctioned, so there's no fees. I'm like, and they're like, but we pay, we match up with organizations and and give them money and then the second time when i went to write back to the comment and i'm like i would love to know more information can i dm you i'm like is there a specific people a specific group like does anybody who makes it and when i press send it said the wbc has blocked you from replying to them no shit and i was like damn like i was just asking like damn goddamn all right and i sent it to Corey. i'm like Corey, what the fuck i'm like i'm like all i was asking was literally like how are these people you know how are they compensated yeah and they're like well but these are not sanctioned and i'm like but how are they compensated like that's, yeah, that's question that what i asked that's not even answering the question they're like yeah, oh, that ain't we're, what not, I we're asked not taking money yeah we're not taxing them yeah. they're like oh. And with this one it's a similar sentiment right like i always felt weird that they did those belts between canada and triple g because Arguably, people think Triple G won the first two fights. So it's like, why would Triple G, even though, you know, he was mimicking that whole Mexican style thing, why would he want this? Mm. It's like they're already being, like, selected with who they want to win. And with, with the, that one, why would, why would a black woman want a bell, com- you know, that's commemorating, like, the queen of colonization? Like, why would, why would you want that? I don't get it. Like, oh, and, it just makes no sense. Like, like you said, Pat, they're just opportunists and they're trying to make whatever flies and whatever's going to be popular. But it just makes no sense. I love the color. Purple's my favorite color. I, I will say the whoever they got actually designing the physical belts is doing a great job because they look beautiful. 
but that yeah. that's not even the point you know it's like you got to ask the question what about these groups what about these indigenous people do they want to be represented this way and, and you know, the way the way that they spin things because i remember you know i'm from Nayeri, um when they did the wichol bell i think it was for the first canelo triple g fight and the wbc was not even involved in that from what i remember and they really wanted to push this belt and you know, I was like, who made this belt? And everybody, and, and the WBC, when Canelo was like, I'm, you know, back when Canelo's mad at the WBC and not yeah. doing shit with and them. he was like, I ain't taking that shit. Yeah, and and the narrative there was like, oh my God, Canelo's such an asshole. Like, he doesn't want the Huichol belt. He fought, you know, in Tepic, Nayarit, he and is an amateur and as an early professional, he fought a lot in my home state. So people were like, that was the narrative. And people who don't know about boxing politics and boxing organizations actually believe that Canelo was rejecting this belt because it was a Huichol belt. You know, he's a white Mexican. So people, the indigenous people, like everybody in Mexico, in my state, I mean, thought that he just didn't want the belt. And it was like, no guy, he, he is just his beef with the WBC. But the narrative that they try to create with these belts are, is like so freaking random. To like just to help themselves it's really weird and and again i love the belts they look beautiful but it just seems like almost irrelevant like what are you especially doing especially when it's for every single fucking fight now it's mm-hmm. just, yeah it doesn't make it special like it, they they were doing it like kind of selectively it seemed for the first few times okay you see one pop up here or there and then you would kind of forget about it but literally now it's almost any fight that they can think of they're gonna go drop one in it for, for whatever holiday or whatever thing they can commemorate it for well, I told and, you, like, they, they yeah. did that one, the peril belt for, like, Amir Khan's return. Like, Samuel Vargas. Like, this is not even a title fight. This is Amir Khan we're talking about and Samuel Vargas. Like, what is going on? It's the like, the belt they made for, for Charlo, for um for all these other ones. That this this belt now that Tyson Fury apparently wants to fight for against Ch- Chisora. Um, I don't know, man. The the WBC, Pat, like we we you and I, we DM we DM each other all the time talking about all the bullshit us and Corey yeah. about all the psychopathic stuff they do, and it's it it's just it's wild, you know. All and, I know um, is that they got a lot of employees, dude. Because if you look at all their social media, they got TikTok, they got Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, and they got a bunch of accounts like WBC, WBC, yeah. Cares, WBC, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. The fuck, right? And it's all streamlined where they got all this shit. You know, they're slapping the WBC fucking uh, PVG on that bitch on every goddamn photo they come Everything. across. Yeah, there's posts here, posts there, video here. They're taking shit there. So obviously they have a lot of employees and shit that they're paying to do all their social media and all their other shit. And they're obviously commissioning these people to make the belts and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, to, this just overly produced this, all of this shit is thought through. This isn't by accident. These people, you know, they can claim all of this shit about being nonprofit businesses and all that type of, you know, whatever it, they're having a goddamn annual conference in Cancun every year. Like, you know, and it's like this massive banquet that's costing probably like two, three, five million dollars. It doesn't make any sense. What they're also claiming in Acapulco. To, they just yeah. have in Acapulco and I'm like or Puerto Vallarta or yeah, some like, fucking like resort. How you know. are y'all making these commemorative belts? You know, it makes yeah, and then you're going to this resort that's people. exploitative of the indigenous yeah. indigenous population. Yeah, exactly. It's like what are your values? Because you're ba- it's like a band-aid. It's a band-aid solution. It's like just a facade like you are claiming to care about these things but you 
you know, specifically harm them by doing these big events and and not and, and again I, I just wanted to know what compensation they received but i did see Addis in the in the dm you sent me it did say at the bottom the person of who it was so i'm like no i'm gonna google this person and see if i can contact them because okay. or see if i can contact anyone because i'm like i really want to know how much if at all they pay i'm pretty sure they paid them or whatever but like it's just it's not just paying them for their labor. If you really want to honor them so bad, like give them money too and give them resources and yes. give them, it's just, it's a band-aid thing. It's a facade. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. That's, it, it's just ridiculous to see like that. I don't know. I always get annoyed when I see um, Mauricio with his selfies and always posting up when they're like, when, when you say these interviews and the stuff that and the answers that they give people, it's, it's the type of thing that I hate more than anything. They like to talk a lot, but they're not actually yeah, yeah, saying yeah. anything. Yeah. They're just giving you words. <laughs> like politicians. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, totally. the reason why we have this belt is because the commemorative value of the people of boxing is so mm-hmm. great that, see, when you look at the history, it's it's yeah. like they just start going into shit. It's like, but oh, basically, wow. Pat, like, when um, I was watching uh, Richard Pryor comedy the other day, and he was talking about how his, and he, from years ago, and he was explaining how his kids we're trying to like explain how something got broken and they weren't saying anything. Well, I'm going to tell you how it happened. Okay. Exactly. Listen, so exactly. You're not going to believe this. It happened, but it didn't happen. All right. And so you go for a 10 and that's how it happened. Mauricio's great at that shit. Yes. He's, you he's know what I mean? Like he did his go from some bullshit and it's like, no, I, and it goes from him. It goes through it from his dad. And the worst part about these guys is that if you meet them, they can get you wrapped around their finger quickly because they just know how to talk to you and know how to swindle you, make you think that they're good people. You know, um, I, uh, Lily, I think I told you recently, like one time I met Don Jose, I told you this, Pat, too, a long time ago when somehow he got inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. And not to veer off really quick, but that really shows you there in perspective how people are pissed off that Jackie Tonawanda got in, but they would vote for Maurice for Jose Suleiman and not even bat an eye about it. But yeah, despite well, spending an entire career talking shit about him in print, an entire career, and then yes. vote for him. Yes, exactly. Anyways, he gets there, and when I'm there helping out with the fist casting, and I'm talking to him a little bit, this dude had me, and I'm a very skeptical person. I don't, I don't trust anybody. And he, one of the seconds. He had me thinking he was the greatest person. Well, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yo, man, you're beautiful. Listen, let me tell you about the past fighters. Oh, you love Salvador Sanchez? Kid, let me tell you some stories on Salvador Sanchez. And then I'm just like, wow. You know, <laughs> then two seconds later, like he leaves and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this dude totally just brainwashed me. I was you like, You know, there's wow. positions for people like that. There's business positions for people like that. My boss is like that. Like, she has you at the palm of her hand within five minutes. And I'm like, God damn, I'm trying just to even talk to people. And you got people who, you know, perfect the art of just wrapping people on their finger. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. I was like, yo, I need to go take a walk and, like, go eat something, man. What? I just need to, like, break down exactly what this guy just did to me. <laughs> it's very salesman-y, dude, for sure. Yes. And and that's that's precisely why they can't be trusted because they're always lying. Yeah, I, I, you know that was I just wanted to say like and that, and, that, and, and and you know to be honest too, like we said, as shitty as they're, all those belts are beautiful. This one, beside, I know you love. You said you love the color lily. I think it's a little. I think it's a little little bland 
compared to the others they built in the past. All right, they could have done a little bit more from research. Really like well, what are they going to put on there? The stolen artifacts that they have in their museum? <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I had no idea. Jeez. That's because it's that WBC white belt, bro. <laughs> that yeah. They could put it's raisins bland. and mayo yeah, on that shit. Bland. <laughs> raisins and mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a snippet of this and post it on my Instagram. This is hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Yeah. No. Look, dude. It's gonna be. It. It should be a, a good card. It, at least one of these fights should win out. At least one of these fights should uh should give us something. But let's take it from lovely England all the way down to Australia. All right. So we're. I mean, George Cambosos. He kind of failed us a little bit this last time. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. You know, he. he I was expecting more. Kind of. Not that he lost, because I mean, I think a, a lot of us felt like this could be a one-off type of thing with George Cambosos, right? Like, you know, what do you like mean? I, with like who? That, with Devonini? No, that he caught lightning in a bottle with De, with uh, Lopez. That he oh was, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, on yeah, top in the first champion. place. You know, yeah, and I think I, I don't think a lot of people were ex- real apart from people who were like Australian. We're, we're expecting him to defeat Devin Amy in the first in the first fight, you know, just based on what they look like in the ring, generally speaking. And so I'm not trying to slag George Cambosos, but he obviously that's what he showed in the first fight against Devin Haney. He almost like he didn't belong. And so, I mean, the question, I guess, is going into this one number one i'm not gonna lie i'd even forgotten this shit was happening this weekend until a few days ago embarrassingly like i mean i should have known but at the same time it's really gone under the radar um but also would you like, say it's going down under the radar bam Ooh, boomerang that at me right there <laughs> okay i was corny i'm sorry go on <laughs> it was, no it was good boomerang that shit it's it, it has gone under the radar though i've i compared to the other fights, even compared to the Wilder fight, in my opinion. So, I mean, is that the fact that Cambosos just did not do well in the first fight, and that's pretty much what everybody's expecting here, and then we're just going through the motions because this was what was contracted? Or... Did, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that that deserved a rematch. The scorecards were fucking wild. Now that I remember, I remember one of them had had it like pretty close, one of the judges, I think. Yeah, or did, look, I don't remember. I don't remember, but I think I Ooh, do. Yeah, both of them were eight four. Two of them were eight four. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's not and an I was like, so I think the thing is with Camboso is that because with uh Delfimo, Delfimo became so unlikable to people that they don't see that it was kind of a one-off, right? Like it was. So, you know, the female's not in the best night and the best mental health. And they saw him beating. And even though it was like a, a decent fight, they saw Cambosos as a legitimate winner. And he was, you know, he was. But they don't take into consideration anything else because the female became so unlikable that they just don't even process that. But with Devin Haney, it's like he made Cambosos look just outclassed completely. Like you mentioned, like if he doesn't even belong. And that's why I am happy that he said that if he loses, he'll retire because I don't think I would care to see Cambosos against any of the other guys at 135. So that's okay with me. You know, I think it happens again. I think I'm hoping just for the sake of entertainment that Cambosos does come up and, and does try to exchange a little bit more, does try to take more risks. But I I just see Devin Haney having the same, the same type of night, especially now with the boost that he beat him already. 
what do you think, Eris? I mean, uh, I know we talked about this apart from the show, and I had mentioned like, hey, dude, Kaney Cambosos twos this weekend, and you were, we were both kind of like, fuck. Like, I mean, it just kind of was crept up on us, I guess. Um, part of it too, like I said, you know, the postponement of of the women's card, that was definitely like, we we were all looking forward to that. And so that getting moved to this weekend, you know, that kind of overshadows some stuff for sure. But I mean, what do you think about this fight? I don't think much of it, to be honest. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be straight up. It's one of those, like, you know, there's sometimes there's reasons that are in positive for an immediate rematch. And then there's others for a negative that become negative for an immediate rematch. And this is one of those reasons. This is one of those examples of it. Um, you know, like, look, look at, like, you know, Chad Dawson and Antonio Tarver when they had to have an, like a rematch soon after that. Like, why was the first fight? That first fight wasn't competitive. They needed to have a rematch. And the same thing with this one, when Cambosis, when he beat Teofimo, like, yeah, he caught a ball. He caught, like, lightning in a bottle immediately. People, um, he basically threw the lightweight division, you know, fucking, like, crazily right there. Like, everything just went wild for a minute. He was the champion, and the way he was talking, all this stuff, he was ready to accept all these challenges, yada, 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 all this stuff. But we know the way boxing goes, the fights that he wanted to be made, the fights that were supposed to be made, obviously are not going to be made. And then um, eventually when Haney, who was what, anointed as the paper champion, people called him because he got the, the WBC belt that way. Um, he eventually, you know, he's the mandatory challenger. It was like this back and forth bickering. And so when the fight fight, all this shit happened, it was like, you know, the, the buildup of it, the, the back and forth talk, the, the controversial comments that Cambosa's calling him boy and Haney. Oh, yeah. That was, that was bad, you know. To, to DeBella's credit, and he said that Lou and others, like, you know, kind of like brought him along. It was like, bro, you can't talk like that. And he, like, chilled out. But that, um, combined that with Haney's dad not being allowed to go to Australia originally and some other shit, like, there was, there was a lot of variables that made this fight originally, like, really exciting. And you're like, man, you know, and you thought Cambosis, considering how he looked against Teofimo, he would bring that same, you know, intensity in this fight. And instead, Haney controlled it, and he controlled it easily. And he did it without even, like, really having to exert himself. Like, most of it was just off of his jab. You know, when we get it, like, the jab is the most important tool in boxing, and Haney has an incredible jab, and when it comes to, like, the basic fundamentals, man, he's better than almost anybody at the game. But Cambosis, I don't know, he seemed like he was caught between styles that first fight. Like, he didn't really, he was trying to box, he didn't really know what to do, like, anything, he just, nothing he tried to do worked, and Haney was just using his fundamentals and wasn't even exerting himself to do it, so... I can't see anything he did in that first fight being able to do that in a rematch. Like, he just showed his ceiling at that point. Cambosis is one of those guys, like any fighter, and it's happened throughout history, where a guy who you don't think he has a talent to beat someone at the elite level ends up pulling it off. But then they immediately lose that fight in their, in, um, their you know, in their first... He's got that Al Bummy Davis quality to him. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Within the first few, like, fights... And then they go back to just kind of being like a middling contender after that, man. And then soon after that, they become like a stepping stone because they have that name and yeah. dudes start whooping on them. You know, yeah, it's it's the boxing cycle. And I almost feel like that's going to end up being like that for Cambosis because I don't think he's at the level of, he clearly showed he wasn't at the level of Haiti. Shakur's moving up. He's definitely not the level of Shakur. Um, Ryan is still a question mark because we don't really know about Ryan still, you know? Yeah, I mean 
but you're totally right you're totally right because it's cool to say hey i beat a former undisputed champion than saying i beat composos <laughs> like yeah, you know yeah. like you don't have to you know and then tank also you know they're like all the so i'm saying like the elite guys that everybody calls the new kings or whatever the fuck they want to call them <laughs> i don't think cambosis is that that we gotta fucking fight each other first they have <laughs> that's what i was gonna get at next is that like this fight is a pointless mandatory like pointless rematch that happens but it's happened in boxing but once he gets once he gets away with it i just hope that haney and he shows the ambition all these guys talked about this ambition that they end up fighting each other like think about this you know lily and pat Sorry to like get wild, but like the, the potential for these fucking fights right here, yo. We got Tank. You got um Jesus, I just I just said his name a second ago. Garcia, um, Tank, yeah. No, no, no. Lopez. No, he's moving up the way. Shakur, excuse no, me. No, Shakur yeah. Stevenson, yeah, yeah. Shakur might be the most talented out of the group. He's moving up to lightweight now because he clearly showed he can't make 130 anymore. Um, you got Tank, you got Garcia. This could be a golden age, but we're at this point in boxing when none of these guys fight each other and all they do is bicker on Twitter. And what's crazy is that, like, the amount of money that those fights would make and the amount of of eyes that would be in the, you know, but there, I don't know what it is. I hate that, but yeah, fight each other. Like, supposedly Ryan and, and Tank are fighting. But I would believe that shit once I see them both walking into that fucking ring. And I don't believe that either because they're just saying that on social media. You know, not to compare, and it's easy to compare this to, to the golden age because a lot of people on Twitter do this with like the, the welterweights from back in the day, right? And, but at least they fought each other. Sure, were there gaps in time? Would I have liked to see Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns fight after 1981 closer in time than 1989? Absolutely. But at least they still ended up fighting twice. Duran and Leonard, like all these guys ended up at some point mingling. What we've gotten so far now, and all these guys are still young, but they're getting older, is that they're just bickering online and online and going back and forth. And it's almost going to happen to, we might get another Crawford and Spence situation where Crawford is 35, Spence is 33, and these two motherfuckers are still just, and we don't know what's going to happen. And like, and this is the, and this is what uh, the state of being a boxing fan and why people get frustrated. We have all these immensely talented fighters at the top and they can't fight each other. And what, and it just takes forever, you know, yep. and it's, it's, it's God. So it's, it's bigger than Haney Cambosis too. This fight's almost like an afterthought. And that's why you and I, Pat, probably forgot about it because I, I think forgot like, about it. I didn't know that it was, yeah, this, really like, this is how we all, you know, because it's like, it's one of those fights that's like, we already kind of know the result after the first fight. We see what's going to happen now. But as Haney is the undisputed champion, is he just going to kind of wade in the water like Josh Taylor did at Junior Welterweight? Or is he going to get like these challenges that someone's going to step up to fight him? That's what I just want to see. Sorry again for ranting. I'm just... That's what we're here. <laughs> no, that's what we're here for. For your rants. Nah, man, we're... Uh... I, the only thing I can think of for Cambosos is that like, maybe it was such a big occasion. Uh, you know, at the, it was a, a big to do in Melbourne in their first fight. Uh, it was a big, you know, it, we even did like a greatest Australian fighters of all time show and stuff like that. I mean, not, not because we were like, Oh my God, but no, mostly just because we like to, you know, do keep up with what's going on in, in boxing. But at the same time, it was almost kind of, uh, part of that narrative was like oh wow look at 
they're bringing this platform again to Australia and this is going to hopefully open the door again for like a, another kind of revival of Australian boxing. It actually has. There's been a number of bigger cards in Australia since then, which was only a few months ago. But I mean, you know, it, it can only do so much. The only thing I can think of is that that the size of the event or something, maybe it got to Cambosos. Maybe he froze up. Maybe, I mean, that's all I can really think of. Because apart from that, the only other answer is really just that Devin Haney's just better and that Cambosos is not on that level and that the same thing's going to happen again. You know, and so the only thing I can hope for, like you said, Eris, is that it's uh, just a better a better fight, that he can find something, that he, he doesn't get stuck between styles and just says, fuck it, and goes after him. Because, I mean, what else, what are you going to do? Like, I think he'll he try should a just do that. Though. Absolutely. I know it's like so much easier said than done. You know, like we say that shit as fans all the time. Just get them. You know, like other. Meanwhile, the fighters like getting punched in the face. Like fuck but you, the, you the get them. Like, but Devin like, Haney dude, what are you gonna have that type of power to where you would be? Yeah, yeah. Are you just gonna afraid. take that for twelve rounds or like just fucking get knocked out in four? Then I mean, I don't know. I mean, what the fuck? To Haney's credit, he has such a style that, like, for whatever reason, you know, he can make a guy just break down like that. You know what I mean? Get right and, and just do that. And, and, I, and I probably shouldn't before. focus too much on Cambosos too, because Haney did do his job. He kicked, he kicked and, ass. Yeah. yeah. And it's just doing it with the basics. Like I said, man, not to be hark back and sound like one of those old timer crusty guys. Guys don't use the basics enough. Crusty. Yeah, that's true. But like, that's how they do. But if you just use a steady good jab, like Haney does, Haney has a very sharp jab and it uses combinations after that same as Shakur and the, and the reflexes defense, most guys are not going to be able to handle it. And yeah, you know, their styles, they just get stymied. They don't know how to break through. And I mean, Haney's not the most exciting guy. If he ends up fighting Shakur, I, that's not going to be for, no. you know, the blood for the, the blood for thirsty fans. No, that's yeah. It's going to be a tactical. Very much so. But I mean, that's going to be one of those fights that you're going to want to show students years from now. Hey, this is how it's done. But and, also I mean, like with all these fights this Saturday, I feel like this fight, if it's any, like the first fight, Oh, it's it's, it's going to be a forgettable-ass yeah. fight. Completely, completely. And that's what I almost think that's what's going to end up being. Like, I think Cambosis is going to bring in a little bit more. He's going to try. I feel, you know, it's back in Australia again, but it's going to be rinse and repeat. If Haney even gets, like, slightly, you know, wobbled or something, I'd be surprised. But I think he wins another, like, you know, 117-111 decision. And I say that 117-111 as given the judges saying, given like you know some more of the benefit of the doubt as opposed to what's actually happening in the ring. Well, the the only other good thing on that card is that we got the Maloney brothers fighting Jason and Andrew Maloney. But fun. you know, so there there might be a little bit of fun on that card apart from apart from the main event. That's the ESPN card, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. All right, Matt. Before we move on, how uh, how nervous this test is going to look this show? <laughs> He's always got this fucking face. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're here at ESPN. Ah, the guy looks so nervous all of the time. I'm, I feel bad for him. I don't know what's going on in his life, but I hope he gets better. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of personalities on that broadcast booth. You got him looking nervous. You got Tim Bradley very excited all the time. Always eating some sandwich. Eating something. So, yeah, yeah, eating something. Eating something. Yeah. With that his would yeah, I'd be like over there, like you know, like dipping my head off the camera, eating a sandwich or some shit. <laughs> Andre Ward just kind of just sitting there and trying to just, you know, trying to gather Talk it about up. his own fights. Yes. Yeah, with his belt. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, dude. There's definitely. I will say it's better than the disowned team. 
<laughs> that's for oh, sure. That's so but, bad. Besides Corey, I want like Corey. They need to put you in everything. Oh no, everything. yeah, no, of course. The yeah, no. Team Just replace the entire team with Corey. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. But they they do have a funny team. The top ranked ESPN team does have a have a funny team. At least it's entertaining. I will say. Well, but, no, um, it's entertaining. The, the the first time, like during when they were doing the bubble fights, and when Tim Bradley. <laughs> Very excitedly, was like with the food in his mouth, eating a bacon and bread. And then he goes, <laughs> He's like, I have a BB sandwich. Oh, man. And you see Andre Ward just half disgusted, half confused. And he was like, I want nothing to do with whatever Timothy Bradley's talking about. <laughs> dude, but, it uh, was when everybody was getting sloppy, dude. Like it was the fucking worldwide pandemic and potential collapse was on the menu and people were like i don't know dude but i'm staying in my motherfucking pjs dude i would do lives like (laughs) weekly lives just in my pajamas drinking wine and like so that's probably like the most views i ever got like just sitting (laughs) fucking drinking yeah everyone just we're not doing anything people just needed to be comforted like old fights that wouldn't get copyrighted i would put them on like how my tv is right here and we would be like watching them together. I'm like, oh yeah, but talking and watching, drinking. I'm like, damn. The first like three months of quarantines was was okay, but after that, now it's just sad. <laughs> but thank God boxing came back though. During yes, I love the Thursdays fights from ESPN. So it was Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Or Thursdays? It was, it was around there, yeah. Because I, you know, I love that. After watching the thousandth view of De La Hoya Trinidad on ESPN that they would put on, or whatever Chavez, like Tyson Jaco, or some yeah, shit. Mike Tyson, or some some other fight that they just refused. That they, yeah, you know, it was nice to get some live boxing for a change yep. because I mean, my God, but yeah, interesting times. Um, the free TV channels. I just wanted to let y'all know, whoever's listening, the free TV channels like with a smart TV usually has like any app mm-hmm. with three channels they have a channel just for old boxing fights just that just really? putting that out there yeah i don't remember the exact name for it but there's a lot of old fights and it's just playing old fights all day so <laughs> check your smart tvs for the free tv apps because they definitely have that interesting but uh, i guess the biggest fight of the weekend though that we're getting to compared to everything would be um the return of so the king former king is that is that is he the main event right he is right he's absolutely wilder yeah oh yeah 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 it's definitely the main event yeah yeah so probably the biggest fight both in terms of weight and in stature i mean i guess it could be argued as far as the you know uh shields and well shields marshall maybe but i i guess that's a little bit probably bigger in the uk than it is here but nonetheless Mm -hmm. at barclays you know deontay wilder making his comeback there's a big story to that you know, a lot of people want to throw shade. A lot of people want to talk shit. A lot of people want, I, I, dude, mainstream journalists apparently want to say, welcome back, but you suck. You saw that this morning? Yesterday morning, fuck? was it? I'm like, can I have my coffee first? Like, before I read some, it's like the similar thing with Clarissa, I think, for, yes. and it's, just, you know, black men. Like, it's just black people, period, that they get this treatment because it's like, as a journalist yes. myself, I could have came up with way, better ways to write that headline like oh you know Wilder comes back but he's yet looking to cement you know his his legacy or whatever why would you write it like that like that was so fucking weird I get it as more clickbait than it is yes. like trying to Spot be an on. asshole 
But totally. also, you are trying 100%. to be an asshole. Like it's it's both, but I think it's more of just clickbait. It but is. that was really weird. And I think with with Wilder, you know, I I get that people are frustrated about his um oh um the whole cheating allegations and I get that people are frustrated because I was frustrated. I'm like, oh Wilder, come on, like just accept the feet and train. Like that's all you got to do. But oh my god, like he got like really but you can do both but you can do both you can you can both be in my opinion you can acknowledge that the shit that the excuses he was making after the tyson fury rematch the costume yeah you know, the the gloves the water, et cetera, the the water. Trainer, yeah. you know there's all sorts of things and you could acknowledge that those are pretty like some of them they range from fucked up to stupid yeah. You know, like putting they the do. blame on Mark Breland is fucked That's up. That's fucked up. That's you know, the that gloves was and the so water. Fucking, I was over that shit. Yeah, getting drugged, the costume. Yeah. Those are just stupid. Yeah. But And so you can acknowledge those are fucked up, but then you can also acknowledge that the reaction to those things were also kind of along racial lines. Yes. That a lot of fucking yes. of the white media was like coming down on that shit when it's like, you know, it, it's the, like you said, it's the same type of shit with Clarissa Shields and people are like, she has the audacity. Oh my God. She's saying that she's the greatest bro. Get fucking used to it because every fucking fighter does it. Get used to it. Every fighter thinks they're the best. Okay. And if you can't accept that, then settle down. I don't know because every fighter does it, but you really seem to react the strongest when black fighters do it. Why is that? Also, the thing is that like a lot of people are like, Fury fans, and I don't get it. Like, Fury, I feel like to be, you can be a fan of his style and the fact that, you know, he's so awkward and then is able to, you know, school. They like how he looks into the camera and sweats profusely while on cocaine. I feel like people who, like, enjoy him as a person and as, like, you know, him outside there, it's like liking fart jokes on Nickelodeon. Like, that's for, like, kids. Like, the Dosser stuff was funny here and there, but, like, He's just so an unlikable person, in my opinion, that it's like you have to have like third grade humor and laugh at fart jokes to like think that, you know, Fury is so fucking funny. And and he's to me, he's just unbearable and unlikable. I I appreciate that he's who he is as a fighter. But like people seem to forget that he took like PDs too, that he popped positive for PDs. People forget about that. And they just glamorize him of this you know win against Deontay and I get it like those I in my opinion I think Deontay lost the first fight too you know but I feel like okay give the man a chance Wilder has only lost to one person and that is Tyson Fury like I don't think that should completely eliminate him and you know from contention with everybody else like, like it's just you know obviously we have to take in consideration how his mental health is going to be and if those excuses, he was just like, no, I did all the right things. I'm not going to train as much. But he did make improvements. Like, we saw that in the third fight. I think his legs were just giving out on him, and he shouldn't have came in heavier. But I think with him, it's like, why are we treating him like he's just, like, this disposable guy just for losing to one guy? Yes, you can argue he lost all three times, but that's one guy he lost against. There's still a whole division that's going to make great fights, and I think this is going to be a great fight. And I kind of want to see a typical fight with Deontay where you know like Adi said like you're gonna put him down within like three rounds or was that you was that you who said that yeah. um but I kind of would rather see Deontay at least for like show us what he's been working on you know like give us a little bit of, you know a little Absolutely. bit of what you've been working on and then knock him out I would love a like Brazil type knockout 
right? Was Dominic Brazil was his yes. name? Yeah, yeah. I would love that for us. The thing, you know, Wilder, the thing that's fascinating about him is that, like, um, I'll, I'll ask you both this, Pat, first, uh, you. It, where would you consider, is Wilder the hardest puncher you've ever seen in your life? So for me, how I, how I say it for this, right, is that um, in terms of prime, I think Wilder might be the hardest puncher I've ever seen in, in for prime, like in my lifetime reason why I say that, like, I was a fan when Mike Tyson was active. I was a fan when Julian Jackson were active, but they were both clearly past their best when I was able to witness them. Like, I saw Mike Tyson knock out some schlebs, but, like, you know, that was just, that was Mike Tyson way, I, I didn't witness him, you know, like, terrorizing the, uh, the you know, um, Vegas and um, uh, upstate New York. You know what I mean? Those poor guys that had to go through his wrath. Julian Jackson, the same thing. I caught him at the very tail end of his career and knocking a couple of guys out, but I didn't witness him, you know, detonating nukes in the, in the Vegas desert back in the 80s. So Wilder, I've never, you know, he has that type of power that like, he just, he can turn a guy that's 250 pounds into pancake batter in a matter of seconds. It's, it's incredible, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, look at Brazil. Because Brazil, that totally happened to there's one right hand and he just splattered like it was, you know, like silly putty or some shit. Like it was wild. And um, it, it's fascinating because like the thing about Wilder too is that like Shields, they've had scrutiny their entire career. Shields not so, Shields different differentiates from Wilder. I'm, I'm going to go on a little bit here, but like Shields differentiates from Wilder and the fact that like Shields is because of her attitude, like we said, that's what's getting everyone hurt, you know, people hate her and all this other bullshit. Wilder, He's been under a microscope because he's one of the last American heavyweights you can think of from way back when. And when he turned pro, I believe so, Pat, you can probably um, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the only medalist from that, from that class, even though he won a bronze medal, right? I think so, yeah. So as a heavyweight, he wins a medal, and then he turns pro. He turns pro on a golden boy. This is like the, uh, the early... Yeah, stuffed car on the undercards until yes. it was like 20-something and, so, and so what's interesting is that very, very early in Wilder's career, he was actually featured on television because there's this narrative that like Wilder was always hidden from the very beginning and then he got suddenly brought on. No, he was featured a couple of times. Mm. And he looked like shit because he was just a guy that was, you know, straight up from, no, from, from the scraps. The fact that he was able to win a bronze medal was remarkable in itself. But like when he was put on national television, when he clearly wasn't ready, and then you had old fucking crumbsian guys like Teddy Atlas going, look at this motherfucker, what am I watching here? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and just bashing him, you know, like to Golden Boy's credit, like it's easy to bash Golden Boy or whatever, but they have great matchmakers. Eric Gomez, who's I think present now, but he was matchmaker in Wilder's earlier career and um I don't know the I forgot the other matchmaker's name, but they got good matchmakers and they built Wilder from scratch. Like they put him in the back and they didn't make sure they didn't put him on television. Yes, there's videos that have come surfaced over the years, like Wilder fighting that really weird obese guy. And you know, you know what I'm talking about, Lily? Like that that <laughs> video and him like jigging and dancing the whole time while he's swinging on him. And it's yeah. Yeah, it, it's awkward. And thank God that wasn't on television because people would even go, what the fuck even back then? But it was good because he was off of television. He's building himself. He's building himself. He's building himself. By the time now, he's finally slowly getting featured on like Showbox, knocking the hell out of Sergey Lyakovich, giving him, you know, making him um, have a seizure, you know, knocking out other guys. I even worked a couple of his early fights back then. Um, 
you know, it was it was brilliant matchmaking. By the time he finally fights for the title and he beats and he beats um Stavern and he goes the distance, you know, it was still easy. Everybody's always saying, Oh, yeah, his first defense, you know, watch this now. He's gonna be built up like cream puffs, everything like that. He's always just had this stigma. And it's kind of like he's and it's to a degree, I get it, like you know, with with how he was built, but like this is a guy that was built from scratch. Like Chavez Jr. was built from scratch. Other guys who don't have extensive amateur careers, you gotta build them from that and do that. That's the beauty of matchmaking. You know, if you go all the way back to the 50s and shit, dudes who had a hundred pro fights weren't getting a title fight until then. You know what I mean? So like Wilder being built up is nothing new, it's just boxing. And he and, also has nearly 50 pro fights now. Yes. And you got to give him credit too, man, whether you like him or not. And it's easy too, because like you both said, he's made goofy comments over the years and said shit that like can make you a little leery about him, you know, saying he wants to catch a body and saying other stuff, not wanting yeah. to, get, you know, it, it, it's like, eh. but you got to give credit where credit is due. He's come a long ass way. He's really come a long way. And I hate what he, what, how he dumped Breland because yeah. Breland had nothing to do with that. You know, Breland really tried worked well with them jd's is a fucking useless idiot so i don't whatever but um breland you know that thing but like him working with um malik scott malik scott clearly you know is a guy another one that's kind of eccentric a former pro and stuff like that but he clearly fine-tuned wilder to do some things now especially in the third fury fight that we saw yeah that wilder was jabbing to the body jabbing to the head other things that he was doing if he can keep on working on that, that was only their first fight together. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. Yes, and, it was. And he so, he's looked pretty good in the gym too, like in the yes. last few weeks, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's still like a lot of I think there's still a lot of um story to be written on Wilder, and you know, with all that being said, with with the story that I'm not going to mention the writer's name, but like the story that we both well, we all mentioned that came out earlier this week, he's not a Hall of Famer. He is already, all right? Is he a first ballot? Like, are there other guys, you know, um, more eligible that should have been in years ago? Yes. That's always going to be the case over the yeah. years. Absolutely. But Wilder, you can't deny what he's had done, man. You know what I mean? He put up the numbers. He's done the different things. He's come up from this, the fights that he's been involved in. His story is still not done yet. Yeah. Probably going to get in. And then when you had these idiots on Twitter earlier this week, trying to compare, oh, well, you know, if you put Jerry Corey's resume next to him, you put Ken Norton's resume next to him, he doesn't compare. What what does that mean in the in, in, in the whole grand scheme of things? <laughs> right, Pat? Right, Lily? Like, what does that mean? It's, it's, uh, <clears throat> to answer your earlier question, he probably is the hardest puncher, dude, because, yeah. I mean, he's just, he puts large fighters, you know, either to sleep or just totally fries them. Um, and I mean, that in and of itself is just it's massive you know you know it's a, the, the biggest punching heavyweight but then also yeah dude there's been an intense scrutiny around his entire career without question um from the very beginning and it's really difficult to deny at this point that he has come a long way it's tough to deny that he's come a really long way and as far as the hall of fame angle dude i mean it's like it's difficult to to discuss before his career is even done. But even now, 
it's like dude you want you want me to start saying blasphemous blasphemous shit it's like what do fighters like what have fighters like rocky graziano done you know overall in their career like they participated in a great trilogy so did deontay wilder by the way <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like you already if you're looking at the merits of like some of the other fighters who are already in which for some reason is unfair you can't do that you can't say well if so-and-so is in well then blah 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 it's like that's an unfair argument i guess whatever i don't see why not the precedent has already been set as far as what it takes to get into the hall of fame and so uh if even if you think that deontay wilder is not deserving i don't think he's nearly as far off as many people believe yeah i think he's no, really no. close you know so uh, yeah, dude, I think that it's nonsense. Like we've already said, a lot of people uh, criticize him and hate him for reasons that are not logical and not fair. All right, so let me ask you both this too. So, I mean, we we I don't even think we mentioned Hellenius after before this. The reason, I mean, it's kind of remarkable to for him to be able to get to this point too that he's in the pay per view main event. If you think about even a few years back, him getting knocked out by the likes of. Um, What's that guy's name? Uh, the guy that Wilder knocked out. Everyone's been beating him up. Gerald Washington. Yes. <laughs> Poor Gerald Washington. Yeah. You know, he, he's like he he's like a gatekeeper, right? So <laughs> uh, you, you got, I mean, from Helenus has been around a long time. A long time, if you really think back. I mean, I met this guy, Jesus Christ, back in like, he went, Pat, I don't even know if I told you this. He went to the Hall of Fame when he was like feeling, when he was kind of hot back in like 2010. I remember right after he beat Attila Levin and that because I knew who Attila Levin was and I remember he beat Attila Levin and they started pumping him up and stuff and I was like oh he's really tall so I mean I guess Dude, let's see what happens the if Attila he's skilled. Attila Levin thing was ridiculous itself too because Angelo Dundee was his manager and they were trying to make him to be the new Ali and every time Attila Levin got beat up I'm sorry to like ran a little bit but people that listen to the show like some of our friends like um, Reggie Kilpad and some others will We'll definitely, you know, know who we're talking about. There was one time years ago, Attila Levin did the absolute worst Ali impersonation you could have ever heard. He beat someone up on a Fox Sports show, and then he got on, He they put the camera on him, and he went, I'm a bad man. <laughs> Instead of swinging his fist. And I went, even, I was in junior high or like early high school, I said, what the hell was that? And Dundee was over there, you know, slapping his shoulder and, and the whole thing. And I'm like, I can't wait to see this guy get slept because he just, that was, that was awful. And eventually it did happen. It, eventually it did happen. You know what I mean? But like, I, so yeah. <laughs> what do I you think, think of answer, Oh, sorry. Yeah, to you, answer, you, you, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So that's the Eris question. Like, and, and just following along with what you said, yeah. Pat, is that I had told you guys on the last podcast, I'm not too well-versed and, and, you know, familiar with like the seventies and the eighties boxing, but I think, you know, the only other person I feel like is a big puncher is like Mike Tyson. And it's like, yes. Yeah. And like with Wilder though, it's like, he can get you in one punch. So, and even, you know, and you know that even though he is, you know, like losing a fight because of whatever reason. He's just, mm -hmm. you know, not a great boxer, according to people, even though he won an Olympic medal. Like, what the fuck? But, but it's like, you know, that it can end at any moment. Yes. And, and with, he proved that with, with, you know, Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz, I love that man. He, he was doing great. All of a sudden, he's out. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you can be getting out box completely. And, and, and I think Wilder said it best. 
you know, his opponents have to be perfect for the entire fight. He only has to be perfect for one second. Absolutely. To throw a punch. And I think not everyone can say that. You know, people have to fight the perfect fight to not get hit by him. And even like when you mentioned Usyk, like Usyk has been doing amazing. You know, I I love Usyk. He's my favorite fighter. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I love that man. And, and, you know, I would feel like he loses against Wilder because not only, you know, is he smaller, but I just feel like he'll just get hit. Like, like it, it, it could end like that. Arguably one of the best boxers in the world can just go out in one second. Not everybody can say that. Not everybody can say that they are the, you know, uh, the most, you know, el- you know, b- boxer, the best boxer in the world can get got by like one punch oh. from this, you know, skinny legged guy. That's the beauty of heavyweight boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, last show that we talked, we we mentioned Pat Lily. We mentioned how things can change suddenly, you know. And if you're a pure puncher, like a pure, pure puncher, whether you win or lose, dramatic shit can happen because of you know, the power you have, all right? And um, you believe in it. And you believe exactly. in it. So let's go back, you know, you can go back to 1979. Ernie Shavers already got his ass kicked by Larry Holmes in their first fight, lost 12 to nothing. Didn't even touch Larry Holmes in their first fight, right? So when they have a rematch, Shavers had knocked out Norton that by that point in the first round. And people were like, oh, shit, you know, like, but still, the way Holmes did him the first time, you don't think he's going to do it, but Shaver still has that punch. In the in all of a sudden, in round seven, he lands the single hardest punch anyone has ever seen thrown in a boxing match, and Holmes drops like he's been shot by a shotgun. Shit happens. Fast forward to 1990 with another pure puncher, you know, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. And Buster Douglas is taxing Tyson's ass the entire fight, right? Just boom, 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 boom. What was it? Uh, round eight. Tyson comes at one punch out of nowhere, just dramatically, boom. Douglas, you see his whole body just shudder and he just drops like, yes. That is fucking crazy because we see fights where, yeah, you can see even maybe a delayed reaction or how the legs just give out. But with like heavyweight boxing, like one punch, just and like it's like a reset button, or like when you turn off the freaking when you're mad that someone's beating you on the Nintendo and you press like you know reset, (laughs) it's just like that. But with Wilder, you know, that's with heavyweight boxing, period. But Wilder really has that haymaker, he has that that just shifting punch that you can that you know it can come at any time anytime and and i i feel like he gets a lot of crap and and pat mentioning you know you could i wish people were a little bit more objective and they were like you know what yes it's true that these you know he's a little excessive with the excuses but again we mentioned this in our last you know in the last podcast we're together we're like mental health this is a mental breakdown happening in front of us like a guy who was so pressured by being the best that he defeat just crushed them right but People just seem to like disregard him. Oh, he's not a great boxer. And I feel like going on what Eric said, like you, he didn't have to rely on his, on anything else. So I think he got comfortable with just having that power and leaving. Mm-hmm. And, and Tyson Fury was just that one guy that needed not just the bar, the power you needed to also have some uh, boxing to do to him. You had to actually box him and, and figure him out and adapt. And even then he and almost Walter got him with just the power. Yeah. And Wilder never had to do that. And I feel like, I think I'm hoping that this defeat told him that don't fully rely on your power. Like, yes, you have ridiculous fucking power, but let's 
explore our options. And I feel like because he was an Olympian, obviously in the in the Olympics, is not just knocking motherfuckers out, but he was able to adapt and able to work on game plans. And I think hopefully, you know, with with um his trainer, he's able to go back to that and remember that he can have other options and yeah. just and, and the knockout will come just because because he just has power. Like that's just what he has. But let's implement some other, you know, technique because you have power. So you don't really need to be throwing like super haymakers. But no, yeah, Wilder, I'm excited for him to come back. I'm hoping that the mental struggles are behind him. He does look to be in better spirits. And like Pat mentioned, he's looking great at the gym, right? He's looking great. He's looking like he's actually going back to the basics. And and I'm I'm hoping that at least we see maybe for like one round or two, like, and then get him out of there. Like, I would love for him to come out and be like, yes, I'm still that bitch. You know, I would love that for him. I'll say this. I, if the fight's going to, if the fight pay-per-view, if the main event starts around 1230, I'm hoping the fight ends around one round because I'm trying to stay up that late. So I'll, I'll <laughs> don't put you overtime either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not getting don't overtime. Don't get overtime either, do you? Yeah, I'm not making no hazard pay on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that I'm I'm not like, obviously, I don't think super high of uh, Robert Hellenius. I don't have any issue with him or anything like that, but I think that it's, it's already clear that he's kind of, he's already shown that he's like not really on that yeah, you know he's top. the one that beat Milwaukee, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kanatsky or whatever. Yeah. But um, he's been around guy. so long. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's been around so long that he's also beaten like guys like Layman Brewster. And yeah, Sims. like back in like 2012 and yeah. Well, and yeah. and that's uh, and that's what I was saying is that I remember back in the day, like you know, there was like he came up right around roughly maybe a little even before David Price. Um, yes. When like, because there was like a group of like really tall heavyweights that were fairly skilled and had some good, you know, amateur experience that were all coming around around the same time. And he was one of them. And I remember thinking like, oh, whoa, you know, like, that's crazy because, you know, uh, uh, nor or uh, Finnish or whatever he is. I can't remember exactly what he is. I want to say Swedish Finnish, but a Scandinavian heavyweight who's big skilled, you know, you don't really see them that often. Somebody who can actually get far. Let's see. And I think he's already proven that he's just not really on that level. But then on top of that, you know, the fact that he's had this career resurgence uh, by defeating Adam Kaunatsky twice. I mean, that says it all, really, with all due respect to Kaunatsky. Like, we've already seen that he's he's extremely limited and even in his power limited. So it's like, uh, you know, if you're using him to make your to stage your revival of your career, that's not a great you know, that's that's not a good sign for you. But uh, there is an opportunity there with Deontay Wilder to test him mentally, to test where he is after those defeats to, t- to Tyson Fury, to see mm-hmm. what kind of fighter he is, whether or not he really even wants to be in there. The problem, mm-hmm. of course, with Hellenius is that he does not have like the greatest chin and Wilder can fucking punch. So we might not even get to find that out. Hellenius might not be the opponent to find that out. But either way, you know, I mean, I think that it's, this is the proper kind of comeback or whatever opponent for Deontay Wilder, because it is going to, it is going to see, you know, we are going to see where he is. We are going to see whether or not he really wants to be in there. And, you know, it, one thing that I think that we don't want to see from him, or if you're on his team or management or whatever that you don't want to see from him is you don't want to see him struggle for eight rounds and then score a ninth round knockout. Yeah. You want to see him dominate. You want to see him, you know, beat the crap Especially out of this. Especially not team. against Hellenius. Like exactly. Struggle <laughs> against the top guys, not not this guy. Yes. So and I, mean, I don't think that's gonna happen, man. Because Wilder has already mentioned now that like he he seemed like you like you both mentioned, he seems like he's a little bit of a better place. Um 
after one fight with with a trainer who he's clearly comfortable with because they've had so much history with him and Malik Scott, um, he's already said too that like he's ready to move on after this fight after if he wins it should he should win it uh, that he um, he wants to move right on to Usyk and the way things are going now in boxing that um, you have Tyson Fury just you know making a bunch of comments and other bullshit. You got Joshua and Limbo. You got all these other guys are out there. He said clearly, Usyk said that he's ready to fight Wilder next. Wilder just said he's ready to surpass, uh, to bypass Andy Ruiz, which I'm kind of sad about because that would be awesome. That would and be awesome. To go right back to Usyk. But that's a fascinating fight too because like we've all just mentioned, like it's been said on Twitter by Lou DiBella and other esteemed people. Um, yes, Usyk can outbox him for 11 and a half rounds. Wilder just has to land one punch, Okay. Usyk can be touched. I mean, yes, he's a great defensive fighter. The guy can move. Yeah, he's a heavyweight low. But Joshua touched him. Yes, he, Joshua touched him. Falcon Ch- Chisora ch- touched him. You know, he can be touched. And Wilder is not Mr. Activity, and he's nothing like that. But if he's the type of guy that, you know, I will say this, he's um, he's quick twitched, where he like he can if he gets going and he can throw wild punches and everything like that and anything he throws is gonna hurt your ass like badly and if he catches some shit like who's can get hot and can get caught and if he's so small you know who knows wilder will be fascinating against any fighter in the division just because of his power he has god-given power that ranks him amongst some of the best heavyweights if not some of the most elite fighters on the planet ever and pound for pound in history so that's going to carry him a long way. You know what I mean? And so this is, of course, this is just a comeback fight. Like, do we wish this was on pay-per-view? No, obviously not. It should be on Showtime, maybe, or Fox or whatever. It is what it is. I'm not going to complain. I'm, you know, who gives a shit? But like, this is, this is what happens when they run out of slots at the end of the year. Yep. Exactly. exactly. So, um, you know, it, it's just good to have him back. Because like, there was a lot of question marks considering his last loss after he lost his Fury again and other stuff. Hey, is he going to come back? What's going to happen to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's back. And to have Wilder back in the heavyweight division, regardless of how you feel of him, is a good thing. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Greatly said. Yeah. I agree. The only, I mean, it, in my opinion, the only other like uh, fight on that card between two name fighters, with all due respect to anybody else, of course, is Caleb Plant versus Anthony Durrell uh, in the kind of co-main event or whatever. Look, man, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not a big fan of either of these fights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I mean, a fan of either, but Caleb Plant just has like that one... He looks like the I had to do it to him guy vibe. <laughs> like, he's just so fucking corny to me. Like, Caleb Plant is like the king of corny to me. They, I they do both just not like him. I do not like Caleb Plant. Words. He's so uh, fucking corny. Him, like, seeking validation from Canelo, like, during the fight was fucking pretty weird good, huh? to me. Pretty good, like, no, like, like what the hell's going on? Like, and I, you were, I, and Lily, you were there at the press conference also too. When is when uh, when Jordan was like yelling, ooh. yelling a bunch of nonsense at Canelo? Aren't I you? think that's why I don't get accepted to PBC uh, credentials anymore. Wow. But I swear Wait. on everything on my life, she said that shit. Like we were waiting for Caleb Plant to do his little, you know, walk through the little. Yeah, media yeah, yeah. thing and she did ask she was talking to two other people and she's like oh my god like what what is this mexico like she said that 
and then she's like, oh yeah, look at him, look, and, and you know, she's like, she's, do you want to talk Spanish, blah, blah, and she also said it in the 24-7, that's why I'm like, why yeah. do you guys not believe me, like, on the 24-7, she's, she said, oh, he's over there talking Spanish, blah, blah, well, he's Mexican, and, and English is not his main language, of course he's gonna be talking Spanish, like, what are you talking about, but I think that's why PBC uh, doesn't accept me anymore, <laughs> uh. but I, I just think he's so corny, like, he is, you know, he's, I, 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 my embarrassing fact about myself is that I like Eminem, but I, just because I like him doesn't mean I don't acknowledge that he's fucking corny, and I feel Eminem's like. Eminem's a talented rapper, you can't deny he's that. He's talented, <laughs> but he's fucking corny, and I feel like that's what Caleb Plant is to boxing. Like, he's so fucking corny. Eminem, without Caleb, the, without the, the Eminem of boxing? But yeah, without and, the greatness. Well, without yeah. the greatness. And then without he, the like, yeah. he goes and he, like, has twitter beef with like random people tweeting him like my dude oh, you, yeah, I do you, you must have like really low self-esteem to like go after some random fucking guy on twitter like what the fuck like i can get like clapping back i see shakur clap back at people all the time but like he was like non-stop like exchanging twitter yeah, you had time like bro like go train like go take care of jordan who's pregnant or, or they have their baby i don't know Go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's so fucking corny to me. And I'm just going to say it. I might get canceled for this later in the years coming. But he's like that typical white guy who wants to be black so fucking bad. Like, with the sneakers. Like, he just, like, he, like, he has that I had to do it to him. You know what I'm talking about, right? That meme I had to do it to him energy. Right. Like, that's what Caleb Plant is. Like, he just wants to be black so fucking bad. And, and he pisses. I just don't like him. Darrell's okay. Like he went against Benavides and he had like decent shots here and there. But I just feel like he had already retired and, and he got this amazing knockout in the Canelo plant undercard, right? And I think that that gave him like a little bit more of like, oh shit, no, I can still do this and maybe get a payday against Canelo or something. Mm-hmm. But I think that like he's not gonna win. I think Caleb Plant's gonna make it like he's gonna outbox him and and yeah. and that's it. I don't think it's going to be an exceptionally exceptionally entertaining fight, but I think Caleb Plant beats him by decision. Yeah, it's a couple of names. You know, that's that's pretty much like, a, and I think that Caleb Plant's on the way up. I mean, assuming he's on the way up, he might have plateaued or whatever, but Darrell's probably on the way down. And I mean, just the history of all the crap that's happened, you know, the the um, Uzkategi fight. And then I know that Andre is his brother and not the same person, but like they just... It's like something crazy or weird happens and every time they fight, 100% of the time, dude. So I'm like, just like every time I see a Durrell is coming up on the schedule, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Like I just, yeah, would, I draw be back. Happening eh. this We've been time. forced by the Durrells for a long time. And that's the, long and time. I want to say that's the thing that, again, that always annoys me, even though it's been happening for years, what annoys the shit out of me about the separate, like, you know, playgrounds when it comes to boxers and, and promoters is that, these guys keep on getting recycled, even though they shouldn't be. Anthony Durrell has been, how many times have we seen him now in the main event? And how many times have we been seeing him? Andre Durrell say, Andre Durrell has been around since I moved to New York. I moved here 15 years ago when he was first in the Olympics. So that's a long ass time. Obviously he's not like quite in the same like sphere as Anthony, who's a little, you know, still being featured, but like we've been seeing them for a long time. There's other super middleweights out there I'd rather see play a fight or anything like yeah. that. We can't because this is the promotional umbrella that they're under. Mm-hmm. And the most relevant name is Anthony Durrell. So, yeah, yeah. let's match the two together before Especially they Especially because he was the one who got the belt 
when Benavides did coke, right? Like he's the one yeah, that yeah, yeah. And then the Benavides fought him and beat him for yeah. the post. And it's kind of like, yeah. what is he gonna prove now? Because literally, like you said, all this is gonna do is that Planton's gonna outbox him, probably, because Darrell is not a guy that's really active himself and he's older and he's been through a few things, and he's just it's it's just a fight that's almost like, you know, yeah, it's two names and they've been bickering, excuse me, been bickering back and forth, but you know who's gonna win at the end of the day. And the biggest story out of it is Darrell, not Darrell, that plant made some Freddy Krueger uh, inspired Nike dunks, you know, out, out of his boxing shoes for this fight. That's I've seen them all over social media. They're very cool. I've not seen that yet. I don't follow him. I muted him. I think I'm like, shut up. I mean, look, I don't, I don't know about muting people. Like I just, everybody gets retweet, you know, fault, like either they get, um, what's that word? Um, quote tweeted. Not quoted, like they 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 recommend you to follow them. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hate that Twitter does that. Like, please, you don't know me. Don't don't recommend me shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The recommendations are pretty wild on Twitter, but um. Yeah, dude. I'm. I would imagine that it should be plant by decision or something like that. But mm-hmm. this is not really. It's just not even on paper. It's not a very entertaining fight. It's not a very appealing fight, and it probably won't wind up being a very entertaining fight style wise either. Um, but actually, looking at the rest of the card. There are a number of unbeaten fighters on this card. There are a number of matchups that look like they should be good, you know, well-matched fights. It's just one of those things where I talked about this before too. And, you know, after just talking some shit about some PBC fighters, I will say, and I have said numerous times, I do like the way that PBC does their matchmaking for a lot Mm -hmm. of these cards, especially the undercards where they put a lot of these fighters, they pit a lot of these unbeaten fighters or like an unbeaten fighter against somebody who's lost once or twice or, you know, not that losses are whatever. We're not getting into that. But point being, they do a good job with the matchmaking. And it looks to be the case on this card as well. There are a number of high-quality fighters. Gary Antonio Russell's also going to be fighting on the card. He's unbeaten. So, I mean, you know, it should be a lot of fun. Um, The main event, it's just that the main event, and I think the fact that it's pay-per-view is really throwing a lot of people off, which... I get, dude. I don't. I don't like the pay per views either. But it's just the nature of the beast, you know. When you run out of those television slots, but yeah, that's how it goes. Um, I'm really looking forward to this weekend, though. There's gonna be a lot of boxing, and on top of that, the way that it's staggered, I'm happy because you know we yeah. got the got from the UK, from Australia, and then from Brooklyn. So it should be nice and spread out. Should shouldn't be all happening all at once. Different time zones. Yeah, I'm happy about that at least. But hey, dude, Eris, I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on here and uh, you know doing your thing. But Lily, having you back as a guest, of course, we very much appreciate that. You took the time, and we're sorry that the last time <laughs> it got screwed up. But you know, it was all that Queen's doing. We didn't do any of that. Fuck the Queen. Bam! There's where Wait, it can is. Can I say right that on there. YouTube? You could take this part out so you don't lose monetization. Say what point. You I don't know. I don't know if that'll do anything. ain't sponsored by nobody. I don't give a fuck. What are they going to do? The qu- She's dead. What is she going to do? No, nah, you know, it is it is what it is, dude. Uh, it, it got screwed up last time, but we made up for it. So anyway, thank you, everybody who listened in. If you listen in via the podcast apps, we always appreciate that and leave a rating or a comment. Also appreciated. But if you watched on YouTube, subscribe. Thank you very much. Leave a reply and we'll reply if we can. But we're also on social media. The Knuckles and Gloves podcast is on Facebook and Instagram. But individually, we're probably more on Twitter, a little bit more than any of that stuff. 
Lily Loa is on Twitter as Queer Desmadre. That's mm-hmm. Queer, D-E-S-M-A-D-R-E. And then my buddy Eris Pina is on Twitter as Punch Zone Eris. Me, Patrick Connor, I'm there as Patrick M. Connor, not Patrick Mick Connor, despite what motherfuckers are saying, I swear to God. <laughs> no. Yeah, so say hi on Twitter, because we'll say hi back. But hey, thanks, thanks so much, you two. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, later, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.